us to explain the kingdom. And, and as we've talked about it, we found this boss metaphor to be kind of helpful to, to thinking about how does God actually interact with us? How does, how we believe that God is relational, that he works in our lives, but how exactly does he do this? So I hope this image has been helpful and we're going to continue thinking about this metaphor as we go on today. So today, uh, I want you to continue in this metaphor with me. And I want you to imagine that you are, you just started in at a company that uh, makes tables. And I want you to imagine that you're one of the laborers, you're one of the woodworkers. And actually, maybe you haven't just started, maybe you've worked there for, for a number of years and you feel like you know what's going on. You feel like you know the company pretty well. And so here, this is you. Uh, this is the graphic of you building your tables. And one day, while you're just going about your job, you find out that the boss has signed you up for an accounting course. What would you think at this moment? <clears throat> if you were a laborer, you, you might think, why did he sign me up for an accounting course? I, I have, I'm not good with math. This is totally outside my realm as a, as a laborer. I'm not going to use this at all. Uh, you might think maybe the boss just made a mistake. He, he probably didn't mean to sign me up and he did. Or, or maybe he doesn't like me very much and he's trying to punish me by making me do accounting or, or math. Uh, you could think some of these things if, if something unexpected happened to you. Or it could be that the boss, maybe the boss sees the big picture of the company a little bit better than you do. So as you see on this picture here, uh, he sees some of the financial aspects of the company. He sees the research aspects of the company. Uh, he sees some of the management and some of the statistics around all the parts of the company that affect you. that You probably don't see. The boss can see the big picture. And maybe, maybe the boss knows that one of the senior managers is just about to retire. And that if you had just a little bit of knowledge about accounting and about finance, uh, you would do really well in that position. Or maybe he knows that uh, this is a, this is not really, couldn't really happen in a real world example, but maybe he knows that you're about to break your arm and you won't be able to do labor. And he knows that if you have a little bit of knowledge in accounting, that you could work in the accounting department while your arm, arm is broken. This is obviously in, in reference to God, but, but say, just imagine the boss had foreknowledge and he could see the future. Because the boss sees the big picture and because he has your best interests in mind, he, him putting you in this accounting course is, is for your benefit. Uh, it, it's intended to grow you and to shape you into a better worker. Now, what would happen if you didn't trust your boss, if you really didn't, you didn't really trust him, if he signed you up for an, this accounting course? What if you were kind of suspicious of him and you didn't feel like you knew him very well and, and, and he signed you up for this? If you don't trust that the, that the boss has your best interests in mind, you'll probably interpret this as a form of punishment or, or like I said, maybe he made a mistake or, or whatever it is. If you don't trust your boss, this kind of thing will probably help. It will probably grow your suspicion towards him. It will probably distance you from him and you'll probably say, man, he's really not capable. He really screwed up again. I really, I don't trust him. And, and maybe you would start taking things into your own hands a little bit more. Maybe you'd say, 
I'll just sign up for my own courses or I'll just maybe I'll look for work elsewhere where the boss is a little more capable. If you if you have this growing suspicion towards your boss and you don't really trust him, um, the things that happen to you will be interpreted in that way. So if you see the metaphor here, there's times in our journey with God that God signed us up for different courses. He signed us up for different things. Uh, maybe he puts us in a situation that's painful for us or, or uh, we lose our job or, or things like this that happen to us that we can think, Lord, I didn't think this was in your plan for me. I thought you, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, and there's times when God, yeah, when God, our circumstances are very confusing. But in the scriptures, in Romans 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that in all, all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I referenced this verse last week, and I feel like this is going to kind of be a pillar verse for us in this series. Um, we, we have to know, we have to trust that our boss really is desiring to work things for our good if we love him and we're called according to his purpose. Um, in this metaphor, God is like the boss who sees good things down the road for us, and he's putting us in circumstances that will lead us in that direction. He's not making mistakes and, and making all these things screw up so that uh, maybe because he wants us to suffer or because he doesn't like us. Uh, he works these things for our good. So God trains us. This is a way of him training us to grow in righteousness. So how does God train us? If we put our, if we're in a certain circumstance that we don't understand, um, it's hard to know what's going on. But God gives us, gives us some things that will help us understand and help train us. So the first thing is that when we start in our new job, give, uh, God gives us an instruction manual. He gives us the Bible. Um, when we, when we start into our job as a Christian, God gives us a very clear instruction manual. It's not like one of these Ikea manuals where you, you read it and you have no idea what's going on. And <laughs> you end up having to go online to look up how to build the table or whatever it is. Uh, this is a very clear manual he gives us, the scriptures. And when we learn this manual, we begin to understand uh, more pieces of the big picture. If you look in this diagram here that I, I made, you see that when I put the Bible in there, the, the circle that the guy's in becomes a little more opaque, a little more see-through. So he can actually start to see little pieces of the big picture that God lets him see. Does that make sense there? So when we read the scriptures and when we start to interpret our life in light of the scriptures, God, God clarifies things for us so that we can see little pieces of the big picture clearer. So in our example here, uh, maybe when this guy gets signed up for the accounting course, maybe he goes to his manual and he reads that often bosses will sign up employees for the accounting course before they get promoted. So maybe he'll read that and be like, oh, I can see that God's actually using this to, to grow me. Maybe he's actually using this so that I can get into that leadership position. So that's, that's kind of how the scriptures work. They, they give us little insights into God's big picture. 
Second Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It's for training in righteousness. That the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Uh, scripture is given to us to train us for righteousness and to, to grow us and help us to be equipped for good works that God's prepared for us. So God has breathed out the scriptures. He wrote the instruction manual and he gave it to us. Have you ever tried building something without following the manual? A while ago, I tried to put together a couch and I actually kind of followed the manual, but there's a couple steps I didn't really pay close attention to. And I ended up putting it, putting it together backwards. That sounds kind of confusing, but, but this couch could be built two ways where you could make it the short end over here and the long end over here, or you could do the long end here and the short end here. And I put it together totally backwards. And after I was done, I had to take the whole thing apart and restart and do it again. And it was frustrating, obviously. And I've had many moments like that. And, and I often try to do things DIY, but uh, they don't always work out. But if, if we don't follow the manual, we don't do things properly. We screw things up. And I think there's many times as Christians, we really want to become more like Jesus, don't we? We were like, Jesus, your life is so attractive to us. How do we become more like you? And if we just look at the manual and follow what he actually teaches us, he shows us how to become more like him. I think that sometimes there's things we don't really like in the manual, certain steps that we want to skip. Lord, maybe I don't want to repent. I, I don't feel comfortable confessing my sins to other people. That just makes me not feel good. Or, or there's lots of things that we feel uncomfortable doing that, that Jesus calls us to. Uh, but, but it's so important that we follow the manual. And I think we all know this. Most of us know the scriptures are very important for us. So God trains us through the manual. He trains us through the spirit. 1 John 2 verse 27 says, As for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you. This word anointing can mean the endowment of the spirit or the unction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, which you received from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, abide in him. Isn't that an interesting, interesting verse about how the Spirit directly teaches us? Another one, John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So again, here in our image, when we have the Spirit, he makes things even more clear for us that we, we can begin to see other pieces of the big picture as well. Do you ever think about the fact that the Holy Spirit teaches you? Can you pinpoint parts of your, of your day or parts of your life when you, you know that was the Spirit teaching me something? I think sometimes in our culture, we don't often think this way. We don't often think in terms of learning through Spirit, learning through the spiritual realm. I think we often think physically, like if I read this book, I'll start, my brain will start to learn things and I'll start to remember things. 
Um, but but learning happens through the Spirit as well. And the scriptures talk both both about being taught by the Holy Spirit and also the dangers of being taught by other spirits. So I think this is this is something we really need to shift our focus towards as Christians, because this is a different way of thinking. This is a different way of talking about learning. Um, I think sometimes when we when we read the scripture, we think if I just learn about the historical context, if I just learn about all the, the languages and all these things, I'll become more like Jesus. But but that's not how we learn. Those things are helpful. But if this if we need to have the Spirit teaching us because He draws us into obedience, He convicts us, He shows us things that we need to see. Um, so this is such an important important thing to remember and to think about as we read the scriptures. So the, the Spirit teaches us in a number of ways. Uh, in these verses we just read, it, they were talking about how the Spirit was teaching them directly. Uh, but he, we know the Spirit teaches us as we read the Bible as well. Have you ever read a Bible passage and it's a passage maybe you've read a bunch of times and all of a sudden it just jumps out to you in a new, new fresh way? That's happened to me a couple times where I'll read a passage and I'm like, wow, that verse was there all along. And for some reason now it's really standing out to me and applying to my life. I think those are often moments when the spirit is speaking to us through the scriptures. The spirit will point that out and be like, pay attention to that. For example, have, have you had a moment maybe when you're reading the Bible and, and you're reading a passage about uh, how we should look after the poor and then your neighbor pops into your mind. Uh, that is often the Spirit showing you, here's a verse and here's a person. This is how you apply this verse. Uh, so you, we really have to pay attention to what the Spirit puts on our mind, especially as we're reading the scriptures. Because, uh, and, and I found this, this way of Bible reading is very exciting. It's very engaging. If you read the Bible and ask the Spirit, uh, show me what you want me to see. Because he will point things out to you. He will, he will convict you at times. He will um, clarify, for, clarify things to you if you ask him. Um, this has been a really interesting way of reading the Bible that, that I've started doing recently. Just more of a conversational way of reading. As you're reading, just ask the Spirit, what, what do you want to show me? So that's, off, that's one strong way the Spirit speaks to us is through the scriptures. Another way is through direct communication. Um, some of these, the verses I read before seem to suggest that the Spirit was teaching people directly. Um, and some other ways that the scriptures talk about are things like dreams and visions and, and promptings and hearing God's voice, prophecy. The, there's a lot of biblical examples of the Spirit speaking to people directly. And I think sometimes our culture is skeptical of these things. Even church culture, we can sometimes be skeptical when someone says, God told me this. Um, but the scripture is full of these examples, full of showing that God is relational. He speaks to us. Uh, I want to just share a dream I had a while ago because I, it kind of fits with this point. And it was something that was so impactful for me. So... I think it was a year ago or a few years ago, I had a dream that I was getting ready to run a race. 
in my dream, I, I got my shorts on and my shoes and I was, I was getting ready to start this race. And all of a sudden someone came up to me with this white box. And so I opened the box and inside there was these boxing gloves and one of those boxing helmets that you put on. And I thought that's weird, but I put it on and I put on the boxing gear and then I started running my race. And I woke up and was like, that was a weird dream. <laughs> you know how you have these weird dreams and you kind of dismiss them and think that was kind of crazy. I woke up feeling that, but I wrote it down anyways because I, I remembered it. And then later throughout the day, I was thinking the dream popped back into my head. And I was thinking, I think there's a, a Bible verse about running a race. So I'm going to look it up. So I looked it up and, and sure enough, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 to 27, it says, do you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it at my slave so that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize. It's a passage about running and boxing. What a strange, <laughs> strange combination of images that Paul puts together. And for me, it felt strange in my dream that these two things were put together. And so that moment, I was, it was so profound for me because I thought, Lord, you're actually speaking to me about this passage you want me to go into and to be disciplined in my faith I, I really knew that God was showing me that and I could have just easily dismissed the dream and not wrote it down and not asked the Lord about it but but the fact that I I spent some time reflecting on it thinking about it asking the Lord about it and he showed me this was so cool it was such a cool moment and so I think it's so important that we we slow down we slow down and we pay attention to what the Lord shows us, whether that's slowing down in the mornings when we wake up to, to write our dreams down or slowing down in prayer and listening to what God shows us and says to us, slowing down in our Bible reading so that we don't just skim passages and really let it sink in. I, I feel like slowing down, entering the rest of God is, is such an important part of of this, hearing God's voice, learning from him. So, yeah, I just thought I'd share that story because it was very cool for me. And, and it shows that God can speak in unique ways. Like in the scriptures, God showed a lot of people. If you remember Peter's vision when he was on the roof, uh, he saw a sheet with, with different animals on it, was it? It was just this picture that was, if we saw that, we would probably think, oh, that's kind of weird. And there's other examples of God speaking through donkeys and speaking. There's so many different ways that God speaks. We shouldn't write things off because they see, maybe seem a little bit unusual or strange. I think we need to look at all the examples of how God speaks and allow ourselves to be open to those. So uh, I think this is an area that the church could grow in. Uh, we, we need to realize that God is relational. He really he speaks to us. We actually have access to the boss. We can go into his office. And sometimes I think we, we expect that when God speaks, it will, the room will shake. 
uh, there will be an earthquake. The, our roof will come open and we'll hear this loud voice and see this light come down. Maybe we'll fall into a trance. No, that's not, not how it all, sometimes trances happen, but that's not the way God speaks. Uh, he doesn't, he speaks like that sometimes maybe, but that's not the only way he speaks. So I think, I think we need to demystify this and be open to the scriptural ways that God speaks. So how do we apply all this? How do we, we know that God trains us. We know that he speaks to us. So how do we, how do we learn? How do we grow? If maybe if you're in a moment right now where God has put you in a, in a situation where you're not sure why, like maybe you're experiencing suffering or, or maybe you're in financial stress or, or whatever. Um, how do you learn from that? I, if God has put you in a, in a circumstance like this, I encourage you to, to do a couple things. Firstly, read and follow your manual. Sometimes we, it just blows my mind sometimes because sometimes when we talk about the Bible, we say it's God's word. But if we really believe that God who created everything wrote down his thoughts and gave them to us, wouldn't we spend like so much time studying it and so much time learning and, and paying attention to what he wrote it's just something something to think about so read and follow your manual daily and like i said read slowly uh, it's such an important thing to allow the scriptures to sink in and then ask the spirit to teach you as you're going about your day maybe as soon as you wake up in the morning say holy spirit show me what you want me to see today as you read your Bible, say, Spirit, show me what you want me to notice in these scriptures today. And ask the Spirit, show me in dreams. Maybe show me a dream or a vision or, or, or something uh, that will, will help me today. But the important thing is that when, when you do this, uh, the Spirit will at times convict you. He will challenge you. And, and it's important for us to be obedient to that. Um, and part of this process, I think, is, is repenting. Repentance is such a big piece because when we come to God, we have to trust that or we have to follow his will. We have to give up our own will and say, Lord, I want to follow your will. So, Lord, purify my heart. Take away anything that's unclean that's not of you and show me what you want me to, to be. And the next thing I encourage you to do is to slow down, listen, and to write down. Writing down is very important as well. If you don't already, I encourage you to maybe write down your dreams every morning. Practice listening prayer. When you're praying, don't just go down your list and then finish there. Uh, ask the Lord, what do you want to show me, Lord? And then pay attention to what he puts on your mind. Um, you can also, if, if you're wrestling through something you can always come to people in the church who are experienced in prophecy as well the lord speaks through prophets and so if you have if you're wondering why the lord has has shown you something or, or has put you in a certain situation uh go to people in the church who have that gift and uh, weigh what they have said all this to just say there's there's lots of different ways we can come to god when maybe when we're in uh, situations that are confusing there's lots of ways we can learn what the Lord is doing in our life, why he's allowing certain things to happen. So 
yes, our boss is personal. Our boss is relational. And, and we can trust him. We really can trust the Lord to, to have our best interest in mind. Uh, he's the God who loves us. And, and I think at times we're maybe a little, a little unsure of what he's doing. Or we don't see the big picture and that makes us uncomfortable. But I think the Lord will show us the little pieces that we need to see in order to, in order to follow him properly, in order to trust in him. So I encourage you to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord when situations don't seem like they're going the way you expected to, them to. So let's just pray as we close. Father, we come to you. Lord, we ask that you would purify our hearts and take away anything unclean and inside of us. Lord, expose the dark parts of our, our self and let us continue to die to them and, and live in the light. Lord, let us continually come back to the light and expose the darkness in us and live persistently in your light, in your truth. And Lord, we ask that as we do this, that you will reveal, reveal the pieces to us that you want us to see. Lord, train us and teach us. Help us to grow in righteousness. We know we only grow through you. It's, it's the righteousness of Jesus that, that lives through us. It's not our own efforts. It's not our own self. We know it's all through Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that you would, um, that you would grow us in righteousness through Christ. And, Lord, show us things, even today, show us things today that you want to or share things with us that you want us to see and let us pay attention and, and write them down. So Lord, I thank you for, I thank you that you care so much for us and that you're always working things <clears throat> together for our good. We thank you for your, your kind, loving nature towards us. So Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen.